You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, another horrid week, uh, just in the media this time. Uh, no footy to be played, but uh, yeah, uh, it seems our great club uh, just keeps being a target for media and you know, what we're hearing from outside the, or from inside the club is even sounding that positive. So, yeah, it's tough listening, uh, especially when you've got nothing else to base it on other than media and, and, and words uh, responded to by the club. Yeah, I mean, for mine, it's it's not just that. It's obviously, you know, we've heard over this week, you know, Joe Danaher wants out, Adam Saab wants out. Um, I still haven't heard confirmation that, Orazio has requested a trade uh, to Port yet, but you imagine that'll be coming shortly. So, uh, yeah, these are the things inside the club. But then obviously externally, uh, everyone continues to to bash the club. Um, but, I mean, in, in this circumstance, James, usually, you know, most of us get our backs up and say, oh, geez, everyone's all over Essendon. But uh, it's a lot of Essendon people uh, sort of speaking out as well. As well as your your sort of normal, uh, you know, perpetrators. But look, um, you know, things aren't great. But oh, in saying that, there are things happening uh, in the club, or at least statements being made by the club that do give me cause for optimism. And while it is disappointing to see, you know, Saad, Raz, and and Danaher look like they're they're going to be on the way out. Uh, Honestly, I'm strangely uh, you know, given a sense of optimism um, because it does seem like that, um, I suppose, flushing of the decks. Um, you know, you've heard Dan Richardson speak, you know, quite strongly in the media, say, you know, if you don't want to be part of this club, uh, pack your bags and off you go. Uh, rumblings are that, uh, you know, Ben Rutten's ruffling a few feathers uh, in Bomberland, for better or worse, um, you know, there's there's talk about the way he's gone about it. Maybe he hasn't, uh, you know, got the the players in line yet. But I'd, I like that we're actually trying something and and are trying to, uh, you know, sort of, you know, get this um, football club back on track and give a sense of accountability and put it on the players as well to say, look, you you are the culture. You need to build this. Um, if you are not bought in, um, you know, uh, pack your bags and, and the rest of us will will forge on together. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough going and I guess nothing really can happen for the next month before the, uh, the trade period opens up. But, yeah, how are you reading it, mate? Yeah, I just – it's very abrasive talk, though, um, you know, pack your bags and go if that's what is basically being reiterated to the players you can kind of understand why some of them are getting a little bit flustered especially if they've got genuine concerns and they just want them answered and if uh, if i come to you with a concern mate and your answer is pack your bags and go you don't fit our criteria um you know you can understand someone getting their nose out of joint having said that there's probably a fine line between you know have players been uh, too well looked after in the past? We're not sure. Um, we hear things that maybe they are. There was a report in the Herald Sun today where an unnamed younger player said there was different rules for those players who um, 
went through the uh, supplement saga and you know, they basically got uh, a conspiracy theory that they can never be dropped. Um, that's pretty damning if that was uh, the case. And, um, you know, I think that would be worrying. Um, and this young, unnamed young player also says there's you know, clicks in, in the footy club, which obviously would happen anywhere, but uh, basically they're not inclusive of the younger players and uh, the senior players will generally berate younger players out in the field and um you know there's not a lot of um you know learning and uh from those senior players because uh they're given the younger players a bit of a roast and probably the only thing that i took out of it that probably gives the club uh you know a little bit of credit was dyson heppel's dyson heppel's um captaincy was rated very well and he made a genuine effort to you know see the you know every player on the list and tried to build a rapport with them. So um, if Heppel's the only one doing that, um, again, that's the only player that was mentioned doing that, uh, there is a culture problem because, you know, uh, anyone will perform better when they feel inclusive. And uh, I just hope that, you know, we are trying to get that right. And, you know, without, you know, we don't have to slam the door on someone's face if they uh, have got a genuine concern they want to answer Um you know what I mean? Like, so we've got to be at least, uh, yeah, trying to work with them. And uh, probably the best thing I heard all week, mate, is that you can have a really hard style or hard edge style, but you really do need to build a relationship with those people first. Um, you can't just come in hard edge because uh, obviously the, the players uh, aren't going to take well to that. Mind you, Rutten's been there for two years, one year as an assistant and basically one year as a pseudo coach so it's hard to um hard to understand how he hasn't built a relationship with any of them but uh yeah like last year all i heard was from rutten was that the players really genuinely liked him so uh yeah it's a strange puzzling situation we're in mate that's for sure yeah absolutely but um yeah all, all we can do is i suppose see how things play out um i guess take everything with a grain of salt um uh, the good and the bad and Hope we're uh, heading in a more positive direction. Definitely. Uh, before we start our second part of the uh, review, mate, um, I just thought I'd quickly mention what a great opportunity it was to, you know, join the lunchtime catch-up guys last week. Um, we've had a bit of a hiatus uh, from our review because we fitted that in last week and uh, we had a great response to that in terms of our own um Listeners, uh, our last episode prior to that, the first part of the review, uh, you know, almost doubled in terms of uh, our numbers from our previous show. So uh, thank you to anyone who's joined the podcast after that. Um, and thank you to Scott and Grant for the opportunity to um, you know, have a go uh, on their podcast and maybe get some new listeners. So thanks very much, Scott and Grant. Yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity just to talk footy with the boys. And uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of... That cathartic, you know, being able to speak with uh, two other long-suffering, uh, uh, passionate Essendon supporters and members. So, um, no, it was a really great chat. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Scotty and Grant. That was a fantastic opportunity. And, uh, yeah, look, hopefully we'll do something similar um, in the future down the track. And, uh, yeah, but it was just good to, um, you know, talk footy and and where we all see the the bombers list. So if anyone hasn't listened to to that, highly recommend having a, uh, a squeeze at the uh, lunchtime catch up. 
uh, podcast no, in general, but uh, yeah, definitely that one was, uh, yeah, I, I, I quite liked it. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it's good, good chat. Um, all right, mate. So let's quickly cross over before we go into the second half of the review. Um, obviously, in the last week, we've learnt that, um, you know, Joe Danaher, almost a formality that he was going to leave the club, it seemed, but um, he's chosen Brisbane. Um, and it causes us some problems, mate, with uh, Brisbane being named because apparently the way the contract is structured for Joe, um, the AFL are potentially looking at that as end of first round compensation. And the other puzzling thing or worrying thing in that is that Brisbane have basically come out and said they're not prepared to trade for Joe Danaher. So uh, basically, it's a bit heavy-handed, but they're basically saying, look, if you don't, um, you know, don't take the compensation the AFL offer, uh, you know, we're not going to trade for him. So don't try and, you know, get more out of us. And um, just be weary that Sydney have pick three in the preseason draft. And um, if they get a second opportunity to get Joe, especially for free, uh, uh, he certainly won't be on the market long. So how do you read that one, mate? Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. And I guess like everyone has to play their cards pretty straight at this stage. I mean, we've got another three, four weeks until the trade period even opens up. So uh, right now, all sides will be um, putting out a strong front. Um, but it's it's like that old saying, mate, like everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. So, you know, if it comes crunch time, uh, Sydney come in with an offer, maybe then Brisbane come to something. Look, I, I think um, most, most of us wouldn't be happy with an end of first round pick for Joe Danaher. Uh, we know what he can do. He, and he's a... I guess, look, while he has been injury prone, he's a known quantity in that everyone knows he can turn a match. He's, uh, you know, the blokes who are, you know, 200 plus centimetres uh, that can move like he does, that have a beautiful field kick, uh, can take big grabs. They do not grow on trees. Uh, and certainly I think an end of first round draft pick would be very slim pickings for a Joe Danaher. Um, but, you know, they've, got us in between that rock and a hard place um, where, you know, if, if they stick fat and say, well, no, I'm, we're not going to uh, do a uh, do a trade. Um, yeah, there's a potential that Sydney could come in and, and grab him from bugger all. So, um, look, I mean, uh, all we can do is, is hope uh, Dodoro's uh, going to play his cards right. Um, one thing I will always back, Dodoro in is I think he does do some good uh, trades. Uh, drafting, I'm I'm still speculative about, but trades I think he does do well. Um, yeah, how about yourself, mate? Yeah, I, I think look, I think that's a bit of bluff too by Brisbane because yeah, you, know, you, you wouldn't pursue Danaher if you were banking on uh, Dodoro doing as he's told. You know what I mean? Like um. Adrian doesn't do that. He does the best for the Essendon Football Club that he can. Um, or at least he endeavours to do that. So he's not going to accept end of first round compensation. Um, so I think, yeah, it's a bit of bravado by Brisbane. Um, as you say, mate, they're not going to show their hand yet. And um, there's still a bit to play out. But yeah, I imagine if you put all the effort into winner Joe Danaher's um, you know, belief in your 
game plan and he wants to come to your club, then it's on you that you have to get the deal done. And I just can't see Brisbane saying, we did all that hard work, but now Sydney can have him. So, um, yeah, I think there's a bit to play out on that. Um, there's been some players mentioned, like uh, Alex Wibberton, who um, you know plays down on the halfback flank for Brisbane. Uh, found it hard to get a regular spot this year. Uh, he's torn up the Bombers in the past, mate. So he's one that apparently the Bombers are interested in. But um, Brisbane really only have at this stage picked, well, I think it's 17 and 18, because they have Port's first-round pick. So regardless, even if they trade a first-round pick uh, this year, uh, it's going to be very high up near that end of first-round compensation anyway. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to get great value out of the Joe Danaher thing. I think the best option, I think, for the Bombers is that if uh, Essendon and Brisbane and um, Joe Danaher's management can structure up a contract uh, that, uh, you know, initially makes him a, uh, you know, a compensation behind our first round pick. So having said that, you know, if they've got him five years for, you know, money that's going to get him in the back end of um, the first round, maybe they front load that contract um, and, and maybe initially do it over two years with an understanding that uh, he'll get a three-year extension at the back of that, maybe on reduced money. I'm not sure if uh, Joe would do that for us, but I imagine if you want to get to the club of your choice, um, you have to do what you can to um, get the club that you're currently at the best compensation for them to agree to that. So, yeah, that might be an option, mate. Um, the other one was Adam Saad. He's chosen Carlton, which really yeah rips me up, mate, because I, I love watching uh, Adam Saad play. And it's, it was really shattering to hear he didn't want to play for us anymore, but even more shattering that he chose Carlton. And, you know, um, yeah, I'll certainly... Uh, even though I liked Adam while he's at the Bombers, um, yeah, really stinks this one. Um, yeah, so I think um, what 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 are you what are your thoughts firstly on that, mate? That him going or choosing to go to Carlton? Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't think I'm uh, I'm the only one that that's the one that really hurts because he is such a consistent player. Uh, he's he does everything on the field. He's got that beautiful burst run. Uh, he's got a long booming kick. He makes good decisions. He's a really good defender. Um, so he, he'll definitely hurt, particularly with uh, McKenna um, leaving as well. Uh, that that really leaves our um, sort of halfback line. Um, a lot weaker in terms of, um, I suppose, that those attacking options. <clears throat> um, so I'm, I'm really hoping uh, players like... Uh, Redmond really is able to step up this year. Hopefully he gets his body right and stuff like that. I think he's really capable of, of playing that position. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Saab will definitely uh, uh, will miss. Uh, you know, the well, I don't know. You listen to the to the rumour mill and, um, you know, some people say that, uh, you know, pick seven may be on the cards if we throw back a pick 41 or um, something like that. Um you know, it, it's all pie in the sky kind of stuff until uh, yeah, the fat lady actually sings. Um, but you know, in any case, uh, it's a it's a big um, you know punch in the guts uh, for a player of that caliber to walk out. The you know the rumblings were that you know he had some really frank discussions with the club and he 
um, had no faith in in the direction the club's going in, um, which is which is pretty damning, um, and especially for for him to, um, you know, yeah, obviously the, the money's a big factor uh, for Saad that uh, you know he's a he's looking after his family and all the rest of it, uh, so. Uh, you know, you can't say his, his motives are purely altruistic. Um, he, he is after the money, but to for him to have more faith in the direction of the Carlton Football Club as opposed to Essendon, um, yeah, was was pretty hard to to bear, mate. Yeah, that's right. And um, I guess the other one, mate, is best case scenario, uh, we get picks six, seven, and eight. Um, so you got three picks in the top ten. Uh, obviously, a couple of those will be pushed back due to academy players. But regardless, if you had three top 10 picks or thereabouts, uh, Matt Rendell was on radio, I think, the other day, and it, he seemed to think that Essendon potentially could trade two of those to Adelaide to get their uh, pick two and pick up a, a young guy by the name of Logan McDonald, who's the big uh, key forward out of the waffle. Um yeah, young youngster. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, that would be maybe an opportunity for us to find another young star. You know, we've got Harrison Jones down there, who's by all reports is going to be a good player. But, um, yeah, they're saying it's Logan McDonald. Uh, he, he's a, I think he's around the 200 centimetre mark. He's a really strong mark and uh, got a lot of agility and so forth. Um, so, you know, that might be an option, you know, and this is obviously pine sky stuff at, the, at this stage, uh, but, um, maybe if you're going to lose the, a big key forward, like Joe Danaher, maybe then rather than looking for a, an instant replacement, you, you play the long game and get a, uh, a big forward of the future. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be a, a bad option, but yeah, it's all to play out, mate. And, uh, yeah, well. We just have to see uh, what happens, you know, in the next month or so. Yeah, and uh, just before we start, mate, um, we're waiting for Ratio Fantasia to nominate. Um, we expect that to come either this week or next, uh, and it'll most likely nominate Port Adelaide, apparently. So uh, Port very interested, and they're in that uh, premiership window, as they like to say. So. Um, I think if uh, Raz had the choice for two, he'd choose Port. Uh, again, we're not going to be compensated very well. Um, you know, one, because Raz hasn't been able to get out in the park. And two, um, you know, the, they don't have a first-round pick. They don't have really – it's a high-end second-round pick or third. And probably on his output, you're probably looking more like a third-rounder. So um, it's going to be really hard for the Bombers to get value out of that one. Um you know, my mind, mate, and um, it probably won't happen, but I, you know, I wouldn't mind Raz staying one more year. Um, you know, wait for him to be to reach that free agent, uh, free agency the following year, and uh, let's see if we can rejuvenate his career uh, at the Bombers. But it's probably not likely to happen. So, yeah, that's about it, mate. Um, other than uh, the Zach Merritt rumours that haven't gone away, um, the club has basically said they're not interested in trading him. Uh, they will try to get him to sign an extension. 
But uh, apparently Zach's asking a lot of hard questions too. So uh, the telltale sign will be, mate, if he knocks back that extension, uh, I'd, I'd imagine it's going to be pretty worrying uh, for next year as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's definitely one we need to keep. He's uh, not only is he just a, a gun player, but he does seem to be one of those types that just uh, yeah thrives on the contest and um, is a bit of a leader, drives accountability, which I think we we definitely lacked on the field uh, last year. So yeah, let's hope we can uh, rekindle his love for the club. Uh, yeah, because he's absolute gun for us. Yeah, all right. Well, um, we'll have a quick break, mate, and then we'll uh, come back and we'll, we'll continue our second half of our review. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Don's Cast, and uh, we'll continue our second half of the review, mate. We got up to number 24, which was Nick Bryan, and now we're up to Jake Stringer. And obviously Jake, um, who was literally flying uh, during the preseason, mate, um, and he had that fantastic game against Collingwood where, you know, I think he had seven tackles that night and was just everywhere. And, you know, he's such an important player to us when he's on. Um, you know, he got that bad syndesmosis injury. And, you know, when he did come back, he just wasn't the same player. He looked like he was a little bit out of shape and, you know, he copped a lot of heat for that. And, um, yeah, look, I still think he's one of our most important players and uh, just hope that he can get himself right for next year because it's a big year for Jake. It's a contract year and uh, he's a player that, you know, I just think adds so much to us when he's up and going. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it wasn't just that Collingwood game he performed really well in. Like, the Fremantle game, like him playing on Fife, that was uh, absolutely a brilliant performance, I thought. Um, and he, he showed he was much fitter than he had been previously. Like, he was spending more minutes in the midfield, really using that big body to our advantage. And that's what we really lost uh, when when he did go down with that injury because we, we had no inside mids, really. Um, yeah, we had... We had to play Dylan Shield in there, and that's when oh, I felt that um, you know that our midfield sort of lost their way a bit. Our kicking was skewed because we were always under pressure because we we didn't have that. Uh, you, you couldn't really call Jake a enforcer type, but I mean that that big body to to crash packs and stuff in there. So, um, and then as you say, like when he did come back from injury, he just wasn't the same player. Um, you know he. He looked very slow, um, unfit. When he did get a run-up, um, he was able to use that pace, but it was very short-lived. And, um, yeah, certainly wasn't able to apply that defensive pressure he was earlier on in the year. So, uh, yeah, really hoping he can have a strong preseason and get back to that fitness. And I think, really, the club needs to, um, you know, say that while we love you, Jakey, um, we need you to be fit. We need to drive stronger standards um, because we can't uh, sort of carry players. And, you know, while he's mercurial and he can still do things on the field that uh, a lot of players can't, um, there's almost no good doing that for, you know, sort of five minutes a game. We need you for the whole game. And, uh, you know, he, he adds so much uh, to our 
our midfield what is in there. Uh, so, look, uh, I'm not going to uh, pile on him because I think he's um, he's great. And obviously, this um, you know COVID uh, season has brought about a lot of challenges, uh, not only uh, from a football sense, you know, feeling a bit disjointed in the hubs and all the rest of it, uh, but also on personal level and. Uh, a lot of stress felt by people because we don't know the the backstories about what's happened um, with players in their in the home lives and you know what um, you know we don't need to but uh, what we do need is our players to all be uh, you know fit and healthy when they run out on the field and uh, yeah certainly that's what we'll be hoping for Jake next year. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk that he was really missing uh, some kids who who didn't make it across to the hub, so you can understand that would be very hard as a parent. Um, and that would have to have an impact on your psyche. Um, and then obviously that injury. So, yeah, I, I think Jake um, has probably been judged very harshly this year, you know, uh, especially, you know, a lot of people taking pot shots at his conditioning, uh, which, you know, admittedly doesn't look like an AFL footballer at times. But, um, yeah, let's get, cut the guy a bit of slack. Um you know, when he's when he's up and firing, he's as I said before, he's one of our keys. So, yeah, let's wait for him to, um, you know, get himself right, and and hopefully he can play some more mid midfield minutes next year as well. Kale Hooker, mate, he ended the season very, uh, very abruptly, uh, dumped for the last two games. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about conversations between him and uh, Ben Rutten. Um, and then obviously Warsfold publicly named him as being dropped for those last couple of weeks. So I'm sure that didn't sit well. There has been some rumblings that, uh, you know, he is looking about, um, you know, in his final year of his contract at Essendon. Um, but yeah, he's another player, mate. He is aging and, you know, he's definitely, you know, he's never quick, but he's definitely lost the yard on that as well. Um, yeah. To me, uh, he's a heart and soul player of Essendon. Like, you know, to me, he's always shown that he loved the club and so forth. And I remember him talking about being a one club player, but I guess if you don't feel welcome or, you know, you've got issues, maybe the best option for both parties is to, to leave. But how did you find his uh, 2020 season, mate? Uh, honestly, a bit, um, I don't know, indifferent is the sort of word that, that comes to mind because certainly at the start of the season, um, you know, both he and Michael Hurley, it like it looked like they had really lost a step. Their their bodies were just um, you know failing them for for lack of a better term. You know, trying to uh, cash those checks that their bodies just couldn't uh, cash anymore. So, um, you know, but you know what he didn't lose is his ability to uh, to get the ball and uh, take a strong grab. So that was a, I guess the worrying thing and confusing thing from both of us as fans because when, like, so we didn't have um, Joe Danaher, uh, Stewart was still on the sidelines, and it was very confusing why we didn't try Hooker up forward uh, because really that's um, a role he has played pretty successfully in the past. Uh, you know, he kicked what forty odd goals in the uh, what was the twenty seventeen season. So he can play that role. He can take a grab. And I guess, um, you know, I forget who made the, the point, but um, effectively, um, as a defender, you're always having to react and you have to be quicker. 
to sort of you know get the get the jump on whoever your forward is or at least stay with them in that contest to uh, at least spoil the ball if they're going for a mark whereas as a forward you're able to dictate um, you know where you're going and where you're leading to and that kind of thing so you almost have a step ahead of the defender uh, you're on so I think he'd be much more suited to playing that forward role uh, so, and it wasn't until like really late in the season that we did see him play a bit more forward. Uh, but by then, you know, we had uh, Stuart uh, sort of coming up. Uh, Joe Danher played a couple of games, and because there was no, uh, I suppose, structure we were playing to, and they hadn't played together that well, everyone was leading to the same football. Whereas if we were, had two or three marking targets, uh, you know, that allows you know, uh, perhaps a, a hooker to have only one defender on him while the others uh, drag off um, the others. Uh, so we, I don't know. I, I feel like he's, um, he's, he's such a, a great defender, but um, because of his, I guess, uh, the aging, aging body and that kind of thing. And we are trying to develop Zerk Thatcher uh, into that role. Hopefully we'll have um, Patrick Ambrose back next year. Um so I'm not sure if he'll play a um, you know a big season next year down back for us. I, I just think he's uh, you know his, his body is um, you know basically at its limits uh, from my perspective. So, but I think there is value in him um, as a forward if we uh, choose to play him there. Um, but as for this year, um, there, he played some really good games, but um, there was a lot of games where he. Um, I suppose just wasn't able to make those same contests he was previously. Um, and yeah, at some points almost um, looks lost and whether that was because of the way we were structured or the way or the role he was playing at that time, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely lost a, a step on what has never been a galloping pace uh, in any case. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, a bit the same. I is that he, he he loves the club. You can tell it. Um, I remember that when he played up forward and he kicked the goal against the Hawks, and yeah, we'd had a horrible first half, but he kicked the first goal of the second half, and just the emotion he he let out when he kicked the goal, and I almost thought that was a come with me moment, mate. Um, you know, like he was really appealing to the players to you know join him in a response to, back to the Hawks and. You know, in many ways, that that was what what happened. So, um, yeah, I, I think he is a bit of a leader, um, just by yeah you know, the passion and that he shows. But uh, like, if the reports are true that you know, he he's really you know got fallen out of favour with Ben Rutten and that, well, maybe it is best for both parties to depart like that because um, you know I don't want to see him languishing in the twos and. Mind you, mate, he's one of those players that we signed up after the saga and reportedly he's on approximately 800,000 next year. So um, if that is true, um, you, know, that, you know, no club's going to pick him up on that kind of money. So we, he'll be in our salary cap anyway. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a big call, um, you know, what to do with Kale. Like, again, you hear reports that both him and... Hurley say to the club openly, I don't want to play forward. You know, I'm a defender. And, um, yeah, again, that's, you know, the culture of the club. If they allow that players to dictate terms, 
on their uh, positions. And um, obviously, you know, it always makes it hard for the coach because, uh, you know, the coach obviously has an idea in mind. But, yeah, I think for Kale, um, I'm agreeing with you, mate. I I think, yeah, his hands are one thing that have never let him down. Um, And so he's got, you know, strong mark. I think he'll always be a strong mark. So now it's about, you know, as you say, if you're a forward, you can set your leading patterns or at least um, if they bomb it forward, you know, you're a chance to take a pack mark. But, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what plays out. I think there's a, a bit to play out with Kale and um, hopefully he finishes off as a bomber. But, um, yeah, where will he play? That's a very interesting point. Uh, Mason Redmond, mate, um, he had a shocking year, I thought. You know, he's uh, leading up to that, he'd been injury ravaged um, you know, in the – in the in his early years at the club, but then he seemed to get his body right, and yeah, I thought he's one of our better young players coming through. And for whatever happened um, up at the hub, uh, it must have been a really bad environment for him because you know the confidence that hit that he took was just so evident. He um, never seemed to play with that fury that he had pl- played with previously, and um, yeah, he just seemed to yeah I don't know he, he seemed to almost double think at times and uh, you know, his contested work was very poor. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping that's just a a aberration for him. Um, You know, just hope that he can, um, you know, get back to normality. If we can get back there next year, mate, um, and hopefully uh, lead like he did previously, because um, yeah, like I said, he's got a good kick on him. He's uh, yeah, he likes a contest generally. But uh, this year, it just hasn't worked for him. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I agree with all that because, yeah, he, he was was one that I was really wrapped about uh, because he he's a bit of a hard nut, doesn't mind the the tough stuff, but uh, just wasn't able to do that this year for whatever reason. Uh, it did seem that he had a lack of confidence in his, um, not only in his playing, but also in his body. Um and there's obviously sort of talks that he was, uh, you know, suffering with OP um, throughout the season, um, which is concerning to me if that is true and we continue to play him uh, because obviously we've seen that play out with uh, Stuart as well as Danaher. Um, so our pay and management regarding that is uh, is a concern if that is the case. And, um, yeah, certainly if reports are true that the, the hub situation impacted our players um, you know more than more than some because of the the environment we set there whether that's clicks whether that's um, you know players in leadership groups um, you know not uh, following the game plan and uh, I guess that that lack of unity as a club that would impact on you as a young player because there would be that uh, uh, I suppose um, uh, you know that that view is like where where are we as a club, um, and especially like there were there were games uh, during the year where he he'd get dropped and he wasn't the worst player um, on the ground the, the previous match and we see sort of went back to the twos and and looked really um, yeah peed off uh, and you know came back in and it's sort of reminiscent of uh, Kyle Langford. Uh, you know, in previous years where we'd be in the side, he'd be out. And that lack of continuity breeds this um, lack of confidence in his play. So, of course, you know, when you come back to the AFL, uh, you know, side, uh, if you're 
worried about your uh, position and uh, continually worrying about that as opposed to playing with confidence, uh, that's going to affect your performance. So I'm really hoping Mason Redman can um, uh, yeah, come back strong, have a good preseason, get his body right, get his mind right back in the game. Because I, I believe in Mason Redman. I think he's a real player. Um, and hope that this, this season was a bit of an aberration. But uh, yeah, for this year, I, this season rather, I, I definitely had agree. Um, it was pretty poor from Redmond. Um, but uh, no, I'll definitely back him in for next year. Yeah, uh, Ned Carl, he joined the club uh, in the previous draft and uh, he made his bomber debut. I think he played three games, mate. Uh, had that one game where he kicked three goals, um, I think. Um, is that correct? And he, you know, he looked like a, a player that, you know, definitely had a future and he looked creative um, as a small forward. Yeah, he did. I think it might have been two goals. I can't remember, but he uh, he did look um, a creative player. Um, just one of those players that find that bit of space and uh, seem to be able to use the ball well. Uh, obviously, smaller in stature and... Uh, you know, uh, still has a long while to go to, <clears throat> pardon me, read the play at AFL level. Uh, but it looks like there's a real player there. Uh, he seems quite talented and uh, seems to have good vision. Uh, but it is just, I suppose, learning the craft and, um, yeah, getting more, uh, I suppose, uh, more of a fitness base because that is an area he needs to, to work on. But, um, no, I think there's a, a bit of a player in Ned Kale and the, he certainly seems a popular member of the team. Yeah, I remember uh, after the draft last year, um, I think Champion Data rated him as one of the steals of the draft. So um, they, I don't know how they based that on, but they said that it was a real good pickup at his selection and uh, a potential to be a, a very good small forward in the AFL. So, uh, yeah, the, the fact that he was able to make a debut in his first year um, under hub setting is a pretty good effort. Um, picked up a couple of injuries here and there, but uh, nothing long-term. And yeah, he looks like, you know, certainly he's got a strong future with the Bombers. And let's hope that, uh, you know, if it's true that Raz is going, um, we may have a, another small forward to watch develop over the years. Patrick Ambrose, mate, um, yeah, he had a wretched year. He, uh, basically injured himself in one of the few VFL games we had and uh, we never saw him again. So um, it was a really bad, I think, foot injury and uh, yeah, he just was never able to get back all year. So um, you know, I dare say I, I had a report yesterday on uh, Blitz. I read that him and uh, Laverde were training at the hangar. So um, he must be up and running and that's promising sounds uh, if uh, Laverde was there with him. Hopefully he's working on a contract extension with the Bombers as well. Yeah, he'll be, uh, he was sorely missed throughout the season and uh, he'll be a sight for sore eyes when he does come out on the field. He's such a, um, a good lockdown defender for us, which is something we definitely lacked, particularly on those uh, bigger forwards. So um, yeah, looking forward to having him back, but he obviously didn't play this year. So I uh, can't really comment much on that. Yeah, I think he's 29, mate, too. So he is uh, getting a bit older, too. So uh, he's another one of those key backs. They're all a bit ageing. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously be an area that we'll be trying to replenish, uh, possibly over the trade period, but also through the draft. Um, well, on the mention of that, 
number 30 is Brendan Zerk Thatcher. And uh, he's obviously one of the hopes that can, you know, eventually hold down a, a key position uh, or a fullback position, basically, for Bombers in the years to come. Uh, at times, he can look a little slow and a little bit clumsy, but, yeah, you know, I still think he's going to be a good player. And I thought it was a good year for his development, um, you know, potentially with a couple of injuries that, you know, to Ambrose and so forth that have opened the door for him to play a fair bit of senior footy this year. Um, you know, some of the games he, he was a bit overwhelmed, but, you know, you got to understand he's playing basically his second uh, season in the AFL. And I think prior to that, he'd only played one game. So, um, you know, it's a pretty big task for him, but yeah, he certainly looks like a player that could develop into a good key position player. Yeah, he does. Um, he seems to position his body well and seems to be able to read the flight of the ball uh, fairly well. But obviously, he was given some big tasks. Like, uh, I think he played on Lynch and might have even played on Tomahawk, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, and certainly, he was overawed in, in those occasions. And, um, you know, there was another a game where he played, um, I can't remember who it was, but he got burnt, um, you know, coming back. Uh, by, it might have been Richmond, um, yeah. So he, um, you know, he's, he's obviously got a lot to, to work on and develop. Um, that's a, a massive boost of having um, Hurley and Hooker there. Um, so if they stay, uh, that'll be great for his development. And, um, yeah, I think there's a real play there for Zerk Thatcher. Um, and you, you definitely saw towards the end of the season where he got a little bit more confidence and started to back himself more. Uh, to read the flight, uh, leave his man to affect the contest, uh, which he did. Um, one thing I really love about him is that, uh, you know, he sort of throws himself at everything. There was a couple of occasions where he might have gone a bit too far. There was that one uh, down the back line. I can't remember who we were playing against, but he basically launched the football, got nowhere near it, and uh, yeah, almost KO'd himself. And uh, but then got straight back up was in, and involved in the next uh, part of play. So I reckon there's a real player there in Zerk Thatcher. So uh, looking forward to him having a big preseason. Uh, you know, putting some kegs on. Uh, you know, a bit of muscle so he can compete with those big monster forwards. And uh, yeah, hopefully having a good season for 2021. Yeah, uh, Noah Gown is gone. Um, so yeah, he uh, basically. It was on our list, but we never really saw him at, well, we never saw him at senior level, but, um, you know, it was potentially a key position forward that, you know, had a lot of injuries. I think with his feet was, was a problem. Um, and he just, you know, wasn't able to get on the field this year. And I guess the club made the decision to, for him to leave. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we wish him well, like obviously, uh, still a young man. So he's got plenty of time to, uh, you know, potentially relive his dream, I guess, if you um, go back to, you know, the BFL potentially or and um, build a, another opportunity for yourself. But, yeah, he just could never actually um, get out in the field for us, mate. So it's hard to judge him, especially in 2020. Yeah, I mean, you know, just judging from what we could see in the twos matches he, he played, it looked like he had some good, strong hands, Um you know, he seemed to be relatively mobile, uh, but was obviously unable to to make his way into the senior side. So, um, you know, thanks for uh, your efforts, Noah. And, um, you know, at least you can say that he gave it his best crack, um, but unfortunately just wasn't able to, to break in. So, um, 
yeah, I guess that's uh, all she wrote for Noah. And uh, Braden Ham, um, you know, he was in and out of the side. Uh, we kind of bemoaned, you know, and it's not through his fault. That his lack of size meant that he was sometimes uncompetitive um, when the ball was in a contest. But uh, we both uh, agreed that he, he certainly had a future and uh, that's obviously been shared by some other clubs, mate, because uh, despite being out of contract, apparently there's a few clubs asking the question of Bradenham. And um, to me, like, I would like to see him stay at the Bombers. I, I think he's a hard-running winger. And I, and I think one of his advantages was uh, taken away from him this year with the shortened quarters. Um, apparently, he's got a, you know, a huge tank and... Um, those players that have great endurance don't really show their wares until, you know, sometimes the 105 minute of a game that goes for 120, you know, that last 15 minutes. Um, but this year, because of the reduced quarters, uh, players like that, you know, uh, the other players were able to keep up basically because they had more breaks and, and a lesser game. So uh, let's hope Braden um, stays with the Bombers firstly. But yeah, how did you find his 2020, mate? Yeah, I thought it was really promising. Um, you know, there were some real signs because um, he's—I think—he's got a beautiful long kick on him, uh, which is sort of surprising from such a slight and um, not overly um, tall um, bloke. But he's got a booming left foot kick um, and seems to make really uh, smart decisions. Um, being outsized uh, in terms of his body, he wasn't able to, um, you know, really make much of a impact in regards to contests he would get outbodied and uh, and that kind of thing and we saw games where he just sort of seemed uh, totally out of it he'd uh, be knocked off the ball and not able to work his way into the game but no that's a that's a development um, thing and yeah hopefully he signs up and uh, we just lock him in the gym and um, yeah continue to feed him over the preseason uh, because I reckon there's a real player in Braden Ham um, he, he looks for the dangerous um, kicks, the the ones that are really going to open up the game, and uh, yeah, get us um, yeah get us going well. And uh, he's got great running power, so um, yeah, I'm really um, hoping he he sticks around because uh, I reckon he's a really talented kid, and um, yeah, I'd love to see him don in the red and black next year and for many years to come. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Andrew Phillips uh, was came, or came across as our backup ruckman, and um, I remember in the JLT matches, mate, he, he really looked promising. He took it up to Nick Nat, and um, he did well against the Cats as well. And then come round one, as Essendon seemed to do, uh, was dropped, and uh, we brought back Tommy Bell Chambers, um, you know, who was obviously lacking a gallop and. Um, you know, we nearly paid big money, a uh, big, uh, big for that because um, uh, Rory Lobb just ended up killing us in the second half of that game, and uh, luckily we held on for, by a goal. But um, yeah, I thought Andrew Phillips uh, initially looked good when he was given his opportunities in the senior side um, in the actual season, but uh, yeah, he certainly lost a, a bit of form uh, when called upon. And near the end, uh, you know, Sam Draper obviously took the position of first ruck. And, yeah, uh, he's, again, out of contract, mate. Uh, no guarantee to be with us next year, I believe. So uh, I'd imagine we will try to keep him because 
Uh, you do need ruck depth, but uh, yeah, I thought for him, uh, you know, he, he started the season well. Uh, you know, who knows what his confidence might have taken a hit when he was in and out of the side, but he certainly didn't finish the season off uh, as well as he would have liked. No, he didn't. But I mean, that's a, um, I suppose, a, a product of a lack of continuity in the side. And um, I guess that was a really disappointing thing from a lot of Essendon fans that, you know, he was so good in that JLT series. And then, you know, come that round one, everyone thought it was just a, a fait accompli that it was, uh, he was going to play that match. But they brought Brower back and underdone Bally. Um, which which nearly really hurt us in the end. And uh, look, you know, he, he showed some really good games. Like, um, yeah, I believe he was rucking for us against Grundy in that Collingwood game. And um, you saw, like, even though he got beaten in the ruck contest, um, his willingness to, you know, just go after Grundy to get around the ground um, was really useful for us. And uh, one thing he did do when he did play was uh, provide that that sort of relief marking option. Uh, so when we were trying to bring the ball out from half back, he was able to take a big grab, which is one thing that Bally wasn't able to do, particularly at the start of the season, uh, take some big grabs. And the one thing you will always get from Andrew Phillips is a, his effort and a contest. Um, he actually got down back quite often and um, helped the defense out, which was sorely needed because uh, we certainly put those boys under plenty of pressure. Um and while he's not, you know, he's not a world beater, um, he does not lack for um, for effort, which I, I think for his size, his agility, um, he definitely deserves another contract. And because while Draper is the future, uh, you know, certainly we need a, a solid ruck backup. Um, and Andrew Phillips is, is that man for me, uh, you know, because the young bloke... Uh, you know, Brian, he'll, he's, he's a couple of years off at least. He's a bit of a string bean. Uh, so he needs some bulking up in the in the gym. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm hoping we we keep him because I, I think he's more than serviceable, uh, you know, as, as part of our ruck stocks. Yeah, definitely. Um, Matt Guelphie, a little bit of talk that he wanted to go back to Perth, but, um, well, back to WA at least. I thought... Uh, his back end of the year was pretty good, mate. I I loved the way that he was throwing himself at the footy and at the contest. And um, we see him got we saw we sorry we saw him get burnt against uh, Isaac Rankin, and when he was asked to play on him, uh, he kind of yeah you know, looked out of shape or not out of shape but out of sorts. Um, yeah, you know, had no regard where <laughs> Isaac Rankin was. But um, I thought as the season went on, he. You know, he showed that he could be a you know, hard-winning uh, you know, utility who can throw himself at the contest. And uh, you know, his kicking's not elite, but it's certainly um, he has a fairly long kick. Uh, he just needs to um, obviously polish up those skills a bit. But I did like his endeavour going for the footy. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't lack for effort and heart. Not Guelphy, he'll throw himself at everything. Um, didn't have an outstanding year, but um, I suppose where he, he did um, make his mark was, yeah, I suppose that that toughness around the contest and willingness to um, find himself in a uh, position, step in the hole if he needed to, and, um, yeah, put his put his body on the line uh, for his teammates. So, um, 
Look, I, I think there's a player for him. No, I don't see him in the, in our best 22 because um, I think there's players that can play the, you know, particular roles better than him. But for a depth player, um, he can play a number of roles uh, quite serviceable. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping he, he signs back up and uh, you know, comes with us next year because um, I, I reckon, you know, as that sort of 23rd, 24th uh, player on the list, um, uh, I reckon he will see quite a few games next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, mate, the next one, we've got Lockie Johnson. Now, uh, he was a Brisbane father's son potential, uh, potential pick. Uh, so Essendon put in a bid for Lockie Johnson and uh, Brisbane chose not to match. Uh, Lockie was coming off an ACL injury. Uh, Essendon's been prepared to wait that out. So hopefully we get the benefits of having a you know, a really good pickup for next year. If he's half as classy as his old man, uh, he should be a pretty good player um, because uh, Chris Johnson was a great player, I thought, especially on that back pocket for Brisbane. And, uh, yeah, really good player. Hopefully uh, that's been passed down to his son. Yeah, I guess that's all to see, mate. Obviously, I haven't been able to see, to see much of him on the track, uh, let alone any game. So, uh, um, yeah, I guess we'll, we all live in hope for Lockie Johnson and see what he can bring for us next year. Yeah, uh, Dylan Clark, uh, you know, he, he actually forced his way into the side at the back end of the year. Um, and... Amusingly, or not amusingly, but strangely, he found his way in a forward pocket, mate. Um, so, yeah, he actually, I think he ended up kicking four goals, which uh, was the first four goals of his career, I believe. So, uh, he certainly, certainly tried his hardest in any position he's played at. And uh, you got to like a player like that. Uh, we both kind of said we would have liked to have seen him get at least a little bit more midfield minutes in terms of trying him in the contest, especially when things weren't working for our plan A uh, midfielders. But uh, we didn't really see much of him up there and he had to find the ball you know, in that forward pocket, half forward flank area. And sometimes he'd work back in that half back flank. But um, yeah, you know, his inability to be a really good kick does hurt him a bit. And I, I sometimes wonder when I look at his stats, he's had like, two kicks, 11 handballs, you know, is that a direction from the club or, you know, is that because, you know, the club are a bit worried about his kicking that he gets told to move the ball by hand more than foot. Um, but having said that, when he had to kick for goal, mate, he, he actually was quite accurate. So yeah, how did you find his uh, year? Look, I, I actually think he done as well as he could given the um, spots he was uh, given to play like those forward pocket roles. I've said it throughout the season that he's not suited to that role, but you know, he didn't suck about it. He took his spot in the side and he did as well as he could. Uh, yeah. Kick those few goals, as you mentioned, mate, and uh, um, did try to acquit himself fairly well. Um, you know, when the ball was in our forward line to try to lock it in and pressure harass uh, that kind of thing. And we even saw him go down back a couple of times and uh, he made some critical um, saves like, you know, a, a fist here and there to, to knock the ball out of contention. And, um, yeah, I, thought, like I've, I think he did as well as he could, but it's just, you know, uh, that's not what he's, a, uh, I suppose, been developed to be. Like, he is an inside mid, um, which and he should have been used that way, uh, if not as a tagger, uh, which obviously John Worsfold was reluctant to do. 
So, um, look, I, I don't think he's a, um, uh, like, he may be like the 21st, 22nd um, on your team, um, but I don't see him like you're starting 18. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully he can have a, a big preseason and, um, you know, really show the club that, hey, I'm a midfielder. You should play me in the midfield um, because I'd love to see what he could do in there uh, because we're not really giving him an opportunity to shine. So, um, look, while his, his numbers weren't fantastic, um, I do think he, he uh, acquitted himself quite well in the positions uh, he was offered to, to play. A player that will be a top 18 player, mate, is uh, Sam Draper. I think he's uh, you know basically said, hey, I'm the your number one ruckman for the next decade. Um, you know, that's probably putting a lot of pressure on him, but I, I thought he looked really good in his um, you know, debut season in terms of playing in the seniors. Um, you know, we've been waiting for this for a number of years for him to get that run. And when he came in, he's shown how aggressive he can be. Uh, you know, I still love that moment where he ragged old um, Nick Nat and uh, really gave it to him. And, um, yeah, he really put Nick Nat off his game that night after that. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's certainly going to be a player of our future. Uh, let's hope he, you know, he's obviously had the ACL injury in the past, but let's hope that's all behind him now and uh, he can get himself fitter because obviously he's coming back from that ACL from last season, which meant that he didn't come in until you know, around the midpoint of the year. So I think he can um, certainly have a, a big uh, 2021 uh, and obviously at this stage you mark to be the number one ruckman yeah he's an absolute gun um, you know even the ruck contest where he was uh, sort of outclassed you know by you know whether it was Nick Nat or um, you know anyone else in the in the league um, what he didn't lack for was was effort and his willingness to jump into that contest as hard as he could and he he put quite a lot of people off their game and he's so agile um, you know, we saw a number of times where the ball would come to ground and he'd jump after it, knock someone else out of that contest, pick up the ball and dish it out to someone running past. And uh, as a ruckman, that's that's huge and something we haven't seen for a bloody long time. Um, <clears throat> he's still quite raw uh, in his ruck craft. Uh, you know, sometimes where, you know, he'll jump uh, basically over the other ruckman's head, totally miss the footy though. So, uh, his timing needs worked on, but you can just see he's such an athlete. And, uh, yeah, with that aggression, um, yeah, hopefully with another preseason, a bit more confidence in his body, uh, being that big boy around town. And uh, by the sounds of it, you know, we're, we've uh, offered Tommy Bell Chambers to stick around and continue that mentoring development role uh, with Sam Draper, which, like, appeared to work quite well throughout the season. I'm hoping for another big uh, 2021 season for... Sammy Draper, and um, yeah, he looks an absolute jet, mate. Yeah, no, a promising ruckman, that's for sure. Uh, Ross McQuillan, we haven't seen him yet, mate, but uh, with uh, Connor McKenna going, uh, I guess the club will be hoping to unearth another, uh, you know, speedy Irishman that can, you know, break the lines. And I think that's the kind of player Ross McQuillan's supposed to be. So if that's true, um, out Connor, in Ross. 
Yeah, mate. Um, hope spring's eternal. So, um, yeah, let's let's hope a, a big pre-season will help him, uh, yeah, get more acquitted with AFL footy and uh, see, see what he's got for us. Yeah. Um, will Snelling basically played uh, pretty much the whole whole season, mate, and held his spot a couple of times. We probably wondered, you know, what, what he actually, you know, was doing for the team because a lot of times he, he was another one of those players that had like the three kicks and 11 handballs. So he was obviously going in hard to the contest and trying to dish the ball out, but probably uh, for us it didn't really seem that evident. And, um, you know, I think he's, he can be a, a good goal-kicking half-forward uh, given some space. But, yeah, we chose him to play him a bit different this year in terms of, yeah, I think we tried to use him as contested support and uh, he found himself, you know, around the packs a lot. And yeah, again, I, I think he does his best work, um, you know, given a little bit of space and time and he's quite an accurate kick for goal. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Will. But, uh, you know, he finished in our top 10 in the best and fairest. So that's a great effort by him. And, you know, considering we picked him up in a mid-season draft, um, you know, he's been a bit of a find. Yeah, he has, and um, I guess we were starved of options for us. But you know, inside midfielders, I would have preferred to see Dylan Clark play that role. But we went with Will Snelling uh, because he was always in and under packs. Um, and look, he's he's not a big bloke to start with, so you just didn't notice him a lot. But uh, you know, if you were looking for him, you'd see him always sort of in and under. Um, so. Look, I think he acquitted himself really well. He did everything he could to solidify his spot in the side and obviously the coaches loved him and uh, perhaps he played roles that we didn't see as fans. Um, yeah, that's obviously the uh, the drawback of not being able to attend games. You don't see what they do uh, you know, for the whole period of the game. Um, I agree with you, mate. Um, you know, we need someone like that. He was a classy kick. He was able to maintain his composure, uh, whether that's in front of goal or, um, you know, kicking to a target, uh, which he's very capable of. He's demonstrated that not only uh, you know, in games this year, uh, but even that final last year when everyone else dropped their bundle, he um, he stood up, kicked a couple of goals. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I agree he would have been much uh, more valuable to us, um, you know, delivering inside 50, particularly when our forward line was uh, you know, performing very poorly. So, look, I... Um, I think he played quite a good year. Um, you know, Will Snelling, for his, for his standards, he got everything out of himself. You could not ask him in for any more. Um, do I think um, he's best 22? I, ideally not. I, I, you know, I just, uh, I think he has his uh, limitations, but perhaps if he was playing more of a forward flank or, or a forward pocket, even um, he could, um yeah, I suppose uh, solidify a spot there, but I think through a lack of options, um, you know, he, he was able to play all season and hats off to him, mate. He uh, accounted himself um, yeah, as well as he could. Yeah, now, um, yeah, Kian McBride is the next one. And, um, yeah, I think that he is supposed to be, uh, you know, potentially a key position player. Um, they're trying to develop him too. Uh, he can, you know, he uh, looked. He had a bit of a go at the JLT level, mate, and he certainly wasn't. Um, didn't look overawed by the, having that experience, and uh, you know he didn't find a lot of the footy. But 
you know, we saw him against Geelong, I think, and he, he actually did quite well against the bigger bodies down there. I think he even had a bit of a contest with Tommy Hawkins early in the piece. So, um, yeah, I think he's a player that, you know, obviously we don't know much about him, but I think that, you know, with our key position stocks taking a bit of a hit, I think in the years to come, he's going to have a, a few opportunities uh, coming his way. Absolutely. Um, from what I saw of him in that in the JLT series, I think there potentially is a player there. He seems like a real athlete. Um, seems to be able to read the play fairly well um, in terms of getting to the ball. Um, he's the next step is learning what to do when he's got the footy. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to a big preseason, a bit of development from Key McBride, and uh, yeah, he, he might find himself get a couple of opportunities next year. Um, so I guess we'll watch this space. Yeah, now uh, the person, uh, I, yeah, I can't even say his name anymore, mate. Um, so I'm going to say the person who previously wore number 42. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. He, he had a great year, Adam Sarge. Um, I'm just very disappointed with his decision to go to Carlton. But um, uh, I'll put that aside. He, he, he had another great year for us. And, you know, you look at his best and fairest performance, I think it's fourth, fourth and third. And, um, you know, he was so consistent for us. You know, he wasn't as attacking this year, and I think that's really uh, got to him in the end. I think he, he likes to be that attacking option who can run off. You know, I talked about it during our podcast, mate. I think this year he only bounced the ball 11 times for the season. And in the past, like, he'd been bouncing, like, almost 100 times a season. So it was a, uh, a drastic change to the way he was playing. Um, he was asked to be the lockdown uh, player, and we both know he's a, he's a great player at locking down. Um, we hear little uh, scuttlebutts about when he was asked to play on um, Cameron and yeah, you know, Charlie Cameron, and basically, you know, if you believe it, dropped an expletive to a coach and said, "No, nah, I'm not doing it." So, if that was true and it played out like that, uh, maybe it says more about you know. Maybe it is a good thing Adam's moving on because, uh, to me, if you play for a club, you just get told what to do and um, you can have some feedback. But if it was in derogatory terms, I think that was pretty poor form. But uh, how much of that is true, I don't know. Maybe it's sour grapes for the club, but uh, they're the kind of things that are getting out. Uh, like, having said that, mate, it couldn't have been too bad what he did because we were prepared to offer him a five-year contract. So, um yeah, you wouldn't do that if you um, had your doubts on his performance and behaviours. So uh, yeah, it does sound like we're a little bit sour with the decision. But um, with that, I just hope that we get the best compensation we can uh, for a player that we got with the with a second round pick. Hopefully we get an early first rounder in return. And yeah, what do you think of that, mate? I mean, like obviously that'd be that'd be great. Uh, obviously, Carlton was saying, "Oh, you only paid a second for him, so we should only have to pay a second for him." But I think his output, while at the Essendon Football Club, has demonstrated he's he's worth um, you know, a lot more than that second rounder. Obviously, we're biased as Essendon fans, mate. But I think those results you talked about in the best and fairest uh, speak for themselves. And uh, he was really in contention to be All Australian um, in the last couple of years. So I, uh, yeah, he's. He's an absolute gun. He was so consistent for us. Um, 
not only did he poll well in the best and fairest, mate, but he polled well in the Don's cast middle vote. So, uh, you know, <laughs> he's obviously uh, mm. performed his, his role uh, quite well. Yes, he was more limited in his role um, with Conor McKenna leaving and, um, you know, sort of being really under pressure down back for a lot of the year. But an absolute gun. He'll be very sorely missed. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've got to add for him, mate. Yeah, yeah. goodbye, Adam, and uh, thanks for your services. Uh, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, uh, yeah, ended up being our leading goal kicker, you know, 19 for the year. Uh, was another player that was supposed to be heavily affected by the hub activities. Like, you know, he's another player that's going to enjoy being back at home. Let's hope that uh, text that's going around isn't true, that he's another player that's interested in, you know, looking around at other options. Um, I would really hope that's not the case. He's a great player to watch and, you know, um, his best is breathtaking. Uh, sometimes doesn't find the footy as much as we'd like, but uh, he's really needs a good delivery down to our forward line. And let's face it, we haven't had it all year. So uh, I thought he made the best out of what opportunities he could have. Um, obviously it wasn't his greatest year, but uh, I'd love to see him come back next year back to some normality and, and hopefully get a better performance from him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, yes, he won the goal kicking, but I think, you know, to win the goal kicking with only 19 goals is a bit of an indictment on the club uh, and certainly demonstrated that our uh, forward line um, was a bit of a rattle, uh, sort of makeshift bits and pieces here and there. We were obviously injury ravaged uh, for large parts of the season. Um, you know, and, and Tipper, you know, tried his heart out, but when we're getting poor delivery and, uh, you know, and even then, um, you know, there were, there were parts of the season where it was like he was trying to get other people into the game and he'd, um, you know, he'd pass it off to other players and they'd miss. And uh, toward the end of the season, he really took that responsibility on and he'd kick the goal, which was uh, fantastic to see. So we know he's an absolute gun. Um, you know, obviously his output this year is down from what we know his capabilities are. But as you said, mate, there's uh, external factors that uh, had an influence on that. Um, but overall, uh, he really missed having a sort of strong, tall forward in that uh, forward line there where he could crumb off them and uh, create opportunities for goals. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping he has a big preseason. Obviously, stays uh, stays with the club. Um, because we will sorely need him uh, in the 2021 season. Yeah, especially if uh, Raz goes as well. Uh, you know, we really need that small forward that can cause the opposition headaches. A player that's been told his services are no longer required, Sean McKernan, made it. I uh, probably went into last year as uh, he probably went into the season as a you know, a player that was hoping to hold down the centre-half forward position for the Bombers. Um, but he just never got going this year and, you know, ended up out of the side and out of contract and not offered a, a position next year. Yeah, look, um, it was a real miss, missed opportunity from Sean McKernan this year. Uh, you know, when he did play, he played quite poorly. Um, you know, never looked like the, the player we know he's capable of being. Uh, so I think the right decision was made by the club to um, to move him on. 
uh, which is a bit of a shame. I mean, he can be one of those heart and soul players that when he's up and about, um, you know, we've seen him kick bags of goals and really hurt teams. So um, it, it's, it's a bit of an unfortunate story with, um, with Sean McKernan because, uh, you know, he was always that sort of inconsistent player. When he was on, he was really on. Uh, when he was bad, he was really bad. And uh, unfortunately, that's what we saw of Sean McKernan this year. Um, so good luck for your future endeavours, Horse McKernan. Um, and uh, yeah, we did enjoy uh, seeing you John the Red and Black, but uh, yeah, no longer. Yeah, you kicked some great goals when he was at the Bombers, but uh, just you know, obviously didn't do it consistently enough. Uh, a player we're going to really miss, I feel, is uh, Connor McKenna. You know, he's only 24, 25, mate, and he's out the door and, you know, obviously didn't really enjoy the environment, he said, and, you know, longed to go home to play a bit of, you know, um, the Gaelic style football. But, you know, uh, he was breathtaking to watch at his best and it just feels like a really missed opportunity for the club to, you know, not have him on the list for the next couple of years and, uh, Connor's said in his exit interview that he's potentially opening open to coming back, but obviously the club won't have any hold on him then, and he'll basically be a free agent, mate. Or, you know, when I say a free agent, he'll be into a draft or setting. So I don't think we can just snare him like we did last time. So yeah, really disappointing to see Connor off the list, and you know, uh, it's just another victim of COVID, I think, in terms of you know. Of his footy career really impacted. Yeah, it did he had a torrid year? Um, you know, obviously coming back and you know the whether it was a false negative or a, a you know a false positive rather. Um, but that test, the media turmoil, really took its toll on him. Uh, his on-field performance uh, was lacking. It seemed like he wanted to play forward and was sticking fat to that. But uh, you know, apart from a couple of moments here and there. Uh, didn't seem to be able to stick to the structures we needed. Uh, so, yeah, ultimately made the decision to leave. And, um, yeah, he will be sorely missed. Uh, I loved watching him off the off the halfback there. Um, he was one of the best users of the footy. Uh, such a creative player. Really broke the lines. Uh, had great speed. So, uh, will be sorely missed. And, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, thanks for your services, Connor. And, yeah, who knows if we'll see you again, um, you know, in, in the AFL. Yeah, uh, thank you, Connor. You know, great player to watch and yeah, I'm really disappointed you've left. But I understand that, you know, family was ultimately a calling sign for you and you know, who can begrudge a player that wants to go back to their family. Uh, Mitchell Hibbard, we drafted him as the big body midfielder and decided not to play him there, mate. Uh, basically, that's the Essendon system. But uh, no, he basically played here, there, and everywhere, but didn't do it particularly well. He, you know, wasn't the quickest player, and to me, he kind of panicked a bit, especially when he was found down back. Um, so I understand the club's decision, but I just wish if we we're gonna you know, draft a player to help us in that middle area, at least give him an opportunity to play there. And uh, to me, we're trying to play him on a wing and, you know, sometimes a halfback flank. He's not that kind of player. And that's one thing I would just wish the club could get right is that 
do your needs, do who you need. Uh, like, you know, if you need a player that, in the midfield, um, you know, you choose a midfielder, but play them there. You know, don't give them um, all these other utility kind of jobs until they prove themselves because most times players will only play well where they're actually a specialist in. So, um, yeah, I think he was in a hiding to nothing there. Um, having said that, I didn't see a lot from him that screamed out that he should be on our list next year. And ultimately, probably the club's made the right decision. But, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him at least have an opportunity to play that big-bodied midfielder, to maybe take a bit of the heat and maybe release to a McGrath and Merritt and maybe buy him a bit of time so they can use the ball better. But in the end, we didn't take it that route. And, yeah, Mitchell's found himself off the list. Yeah, I suppose I see it a bit differently, James. I thought he, um, you know, he's given those back roles, half back, back pocket kind of roles, and he was never suited to that. But, you know, he found the ball time and time again. Um, you know, he'd be racking up 17 possessions down there. So he had no problem finding the footy. Um, he had no problem getting involved in the contest. What he did have problems with was that pressure uh, when he had forwards, uh, you know, steaming down at him and he knew if he stuffed it up, coughed up the footy, um, they were going to kick a goal on him and which would, you know, obviously he's, he's um, a bloke who's having a second crack at his AFL uh, career and he's thinking, geez, if I get goals kicked on me, I'm going to be out of the side. So he was, as you say, he was on a hiding to nothing in that, you know, he was played in a role that he wasn't suited for and, um, you know, under pressure uh, for his sport. And, you know, I just... Um, I think he demonstrated his ability to find the footy and and really we should have gone, okay, let's play him in the mid- midfield. If not the midfield, um, you know, perhaps a um, you know, a wing or um or a flank, um, you know, to be that man that once the ball is um, you know, thrown up, uh, he'd get involved in the pack there, perhaps Leia Shepherd, so blokes like Shield, McGrath, Zeret could, you know, run out with a footy. Uh, because I, I I think he had no problem throwing his body around um, and, and doing the team things. Um, so I personally, I, I, I almost see this as a missed opportunity from the Essendon Football Club to to have a go at a player, particularly when we know for a fact it was it was our mid inside midfield depth that we just didn't have. Um, the fact that we persisted with Shield as that inside midfielder, where our disposal efficiency was absolutely horrid. Why wouldn't you throw a, a Hibbert in there, particularly when Stringer went down and weren't able to have that big body to to assist in there? I just, um, yeah, it was a bit mind-boggling, the decision-making there. Unfortunately, Mitch Hibbert has found himself on the outer and uh, yeah, not been offered a contract for next year uh, through no fault of his own. Uh, that's just how I read it. No, I don't see him as best 22 player, uh, but I think he definitely deserved more opportunity than it was afforded. Uh, in terms of the positions played, and I've, I think we set him up for failure in uh, in playing those those back roles that that he just wasn't suited for. Yeah, well, tell us what you really think, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, you're right. Um, yeah, no. Look, I understand your your thoughts on that, but I, yeah, I just found it you know that lack of speed really hurt him, uh, especially as you say, playing down back really didn't suit him because, um, you know. I think, as you say, the pressure of playing down back when you're not used to that can make you panic. And I think we saw, you know, examples of that throughout his games. 
A player that um, we didn't get to see, mate, but we did hear some good things in the scratch matches was uh, Henry Crawford. Um, he, uh, I think, at the back end of the season, was sent back to Adelaide. Now, I don't know what the reason for that was. I don't know if that was because he was injured and they said better off to get home and have the surgery there or what. But at this stage, we haven't seen official confirmation uh that he's left the club officially. And um, he sounded promising. I think he kicked five goals in a scratch match, mate. So, uh, and he's an older player. Like, he's, you know, I'm going to say older. He's 22, 23. So, um, and he's quite a big body. So he might be one worth persevering with uh, as that second ruck option um, while we wait for Nick Bryan to develop. Yeah, I mean, from the the small clips we did see of the of the scratches, uh, he looked quite mobile and seemed to throw his body around and actually seemed to have a defensive side of his game, which uh, you know is sort of rare for some of these uh, bigger body types. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess we're yet to see what what the decision from the club and and Henry Crawford is regarding next year, but um, yeah, it's potentially something there, but. You know, he may be a victim of uh, the sort of list culls if, um, you know, reports are that, you know, we're dropping down to, what, 37, 38 um, spots. Uh, but I guess that's that'll just play out, uh, yeah, in yeah, months or so time. And the final player, mate, uh, Tom Hurd, number 49. We've seen a, a, a Hurd before in number 49 uh, in his father, James. But... Um, yeah, we never got to saw Tom this year because he uh, was plagued by his uh, father's injury as well, that navicular foot problem. And um, hopefully he's uh, he'll stay on the list for next year. He is contracted. Uh, apparently got two-year offer to come onto the rookie list. So I would hope to see Tom next year. And I really hope he gets a chance to have a full pre-season and possibly push his case. Um He's only quite slight, mate, and he's, he's quite short as well. He's not as tall as his dad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I imagine he's got a good good tank on him. Um, if he's anything like his dad. And, um, you know, I think uh, this is the second time that he's been training with the club. Uh, previous, I think, the year before, he had a bit of a run. And by all, all reports then, despite his small frame, he, he's a real goer. So hopefully... Uh, Tom gets to uh, stay at the club and we had the herd name linked to the Bombers once again. Yeah, or well, yeah, obviously we weren't able to see him, so I guess that's all to to play out. So let's hope for a big pre-season for Tommy and uh, yeah, who knows um, you know, how, how we'll go next year. Well, mate, we uh, we did it. Um, that's the review of 2020. Um, you know, it was hard to do because Let's face it, it wasn't a fun season. And especially those last 10 games, mate, where we, um, you know, we won one, drew one and lost eight. That was really hard going. And I guess these players had to own that performance. Um, how much of it was uh, lack of support that the club offered them? We don't know. Regardless, let's hope we uh, have a stronger side next year. And, uh, yeah, we look very forward to, um, you know, a very active trade and drafting um, period. And obviously we'll do some shows around that, mate, uh, when it comes up. Yeah, beautiful. So uh, 
Yeah, let's, let's hope for a you know, positive off-season in terms of making the most of those trades that we, we sort of forced to make. Um, yeah, and hopefully pick up some, some good young kids to uh, rejuvenate the list. Yeah, you know, mockingly, if the media keep going the way they are, we might get a call up, mate, because um, <laughs> apparently there's a, there's a lack of uh, people who want to play for the red and black. If you ask the media, you know, it's such a it's such a hard task to want to play for the colours. Um, yeah, we might see a, a late couple of selections, mate. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm quite, of course being in jest, but um, yeah, look. What I would say on that, mate, was just for, as we're finishing up, any player that doesn't want to play for the for this great club, and despite this horrible season, it is a great club, always will be in my eyes. Um, yeah, bugger off, basically. <laughs> I, I want. <laughs> I, I'm serious, mate, because I I've had enough. If it's such a hard effort to play for our club, that says to me you're not made of the right criteria to play for it so um yeah let's hope she's and uh that get right into the you know get us back on the right path and get the club great again but that's me going on a little mini rant mate but um that, that's all i should say uh before i make a bigger deal out of myself but um yeah um thanks for doing this this year mate the, the old podcast and let's hope we get better at it as the years go ahead and Let's hope we have a lot more, a lot better content, uh, sorry, content to discuss. Um, any closing words you want to say before, uh, you know, before we finish, before we go into the, I guess our next episode will be around the trade period. No, mate, it's been uh, been fun. Thanks for all the listeners for uh, for sticking with us, um, and uh, yeah, let's let's hope we continue to to improve and um, get better, just like the Essendon Football Club. Uh, yeah, going into the off season and. Uh, yeah, it'll be be good to um, see what happens there and um, all the sort of movements, rumblings and stuff like that we'll be able to comment on in future shows. But, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. And, um, yeah, please do um, reach out if you've got any feedback. Uh, so on Twitter, we're at DonsCastPod. Um, you know, we're uh, DonsCastPod at gmail.com if you want to um, yeah, send us any feedback there. Uh, if you're listening to us on the, uh, you know, podcast, um, yeah, grateful if you could give us some uh, some ratings there, some reviews uh, to hopefully get us uh, uh, in the um, in the mix there, to uh, so other people can find us on on the relevant platforms. Um, but yeah, it's been a has been a, an interesting year uh, doing this podcast, mate. Uh, you know, obviously haven't haven't had fantastic things to talk about generally, but um, now nah, it has, has been fun uh, doing it and. Look, we all love the Essendon Football Club. Uh, for anyone, you know, thinking of, uh, you know, calling it quits on the membership or anything like that, um, I would say, you know, where you can, please do continue to support the Bombers. Uh, you know, obviously we're not linked with the club in any way apart from memberships, but um, I think we do need to stick fat as a family um, here. Yes, it's been a tough ask being a Bomber fan over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years really, um, but you know, the only way we're going to get stronger is we stay to be, stay together, um, stick fat, support the boys, um, support the direction the, the club is going in. I think there, there's some signs that we are changing things around with uh, with Rutten, with Brasher, uh, with, with Sheedy joining the board. We've got some great young kids on the list uh, that will continue to develop. So, um, 
look where you can. Oh, that's the only thing I'd, I'd say in support of the club. Yes, there are questions being asked around the club, which are absolutely right, and we all should be seeking greater accountability for that. Uh, but I would just say continue to support the club. Um, uh, yeah, because we're we're better together. Uh, but that's uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say there, Jane. Uh, really well said, mate. Yep. And um, as always, we always say, let's go, Bombers. Go, Dons.